Welcome to the Pet Cash Pod. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. This is the 38th episode of my series where I interview founders, investors, athletes, and the smartest people in sports. Today's guest is Adam Fiske, CEO and co-founder of Cypher Sports, where they recently raised a $5 million Series A. Cypher is a global company arming users with the ultimate combination of tools, content, and communities to make sports more bettable. They have multiple brands under management, including Dimers, Stats Insider, Fantasy Insider, and also Converter. Adam spent many years on the media side before jumping into the betting scene. Lots to learn from this one, not just in sports betting, but also entrepreneurship. Let's dive in. Adam, appreciate you coming on today. Excited to uh, dive into a little sports betting media and, and you know your background and cipher and everything you're building. Thanks very much for having me, Andrew. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here and I'm looking forward to a chat. I want to start here. You spent a lot of time in the media space over the years, and then a few years ago, you decided to you know make the jump into the founder seat with Cipher. You know, what did you see in the market, and uh, you know where did this original idea come from? What you just you know you were so excited about, you just had to you just had to jump over to the other side of the fence. Uh, that's a that's a great question to kick us off. Thank you. Um, Something I probably don't reflect on enough, to be honest. Um, but, but I guess just to talk a little bit about Cypher um, to begin, um, Cypher um, is only a couple of years old in its in its current form, and it was the merger of two existing companies that had been working together in the Australian space and, and, and folk with a focus on the US. And I guess how we got there and, and our journey is a little bit different, but essentially, um, you know, media guy um, in the corporate world, TV ad sales, digital ad sales, sports betting in um, Australia you know, has been legal for now for oh, 20, 20 years almost. And I remember, you know, selling ads on, you know, ESPN and Fox Sports in Australia. And we could only sell it to one sports book in Australia. It was only one. Um, and when it opened up to online, all of a sudden our market increased significantly. Like, oh, hang on a minute. Um, we can we can we can really increase the value of this and and through that and through my media um, career sports and sports betting was um, you, know, you know really important as a part of a part of my roles in different companies uh, we ended up at um, at, a, at, a, at a, a horse racing um, company in Australia which was we turned into the biggest horse racing brand um, in the market and through a number of different things ended up um, having an opportunity to uh, start looking at the US market, which was just becoming legal for the first time. And um, whilst to be naive to think sports betting wasn't happening in the States, it wasn't happening in a regulated online way. So with all of our expertise in, in that space from you know media and content perspective, it became a real no-brainer for us to um, no, really to, to jump in and, and take our first founder uh, opportunity, uh, which we did um, late 2019, um, just ahead of what we all know is uh, the pandemic. Yeah, and how did uh, you and the, I think you have three other co-founders, correct? And you said it was kind of two. You know, how did that partnership come together? How did you even structure that? Because I know sometimes that's like the hardest stuff of making people come together under one branch, one idea with, you know, however it's all divvied up. Yeah, another great question. And um, I think something I was really proud of, to be honest, um, to to share this, you know, the founding this business with, with Katie, Daryl and Nick has been um, the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my professional career. How it happened, um, we we kind of knew each other a little bit and and and, and built some relationship over over time. And 
in Australia and Melbourne, as you can imagine, it's not the biggest market uh, mm. in the world. Um, so, you know, we, we know each other a little bit. And then when we, when Nick and I went to build a brand for the US, we went straight to Katie and Dale and said, oh, how do we do this together? It was in the middle of a pandemic, you know, Australia had the strictest lockdown rules in the world. We couldn't meet each other. We couldn't hire people. And, and we found this way to build this product together. And we launched it on the day that the NBA resumed um, in August, August 1st, uh, 2020. And, you know, after working together on that product, it became really obvious that um, there was an opportunity to, to join forces here and, um, you know, that kind of one plus one equals three scenario. Yeah, and you talked about a little bit there, just Melbourne being a smaller market and all that. You know, what, what are some of these differences you've seen now shifting over to the U.S. when comparing it back to what you've done for many years in Australia? Yeah, so Australians, like we bet more than anyone in the world per capita. Um, a, lot, a lot of that's driven by horse racing. Um, mm. You may or may not know we have a national national holiday, I think, for a horse race, the Melbourne Cup, where uh, everyone pauses for this race. Um, and if it's not a holiday in your state, you're taking the day off and you're having a barbecue <laughs> and having a few beers, etc. So um, it's been a part of our culture, you know, ever since, you know, you know, um, ever since the early days of Australia. Um, online betting came in with the European companies, you know, 20 years ago, and we, we've been doing that, um, you know, since then. The U.S. is un- obviously unique in many ways, um, and not just our industry, but there's a couple of um, reasons that is unique uh, to begin. One is, the, you know, the ownership of casinos and, and racetracks around the country and, and how that's linked back to, um, you know, Native American and tribes. And secondly, the um, the market domination, I guess you call it, um, from FanDuel and, and to an extent DraftKings, because of their existing um, daily fantasy businesses and that have been running for a number of years. So already once sports betting became legal, they had significant databases um, to talk to and grow from. And we've seen, you know, FanDuel especially really make the most of that and DraftKings kind of being that, that clear second um, tier partner, tier uh, sports book. Yeah, and, and any like advantages and I guess really expertise that you took over from that from the Australian or European market into the US that, you know, people obviously it was new here, but it wasn't there. You're like, oh, I've seen this a million times. No doubt. Like, um, I think it's a naive to think that just because we've done it before, we, we know the answers. Um, and I think we've seen companies come in there and spend a lot of money and get it wrong because of the nuances in um, in different types of customers um, and even the difference between, you know, someone who lives in New York versus someone who lives in um, you know, Arizona, there's, there's differences around that and the states have almost like many countries in a way um, and different cultures and different things. Um, so we had a really good base in terms of what we knew worked and things like that. But the thing is the combination of, of our experience but also listening to the customer, researching and understanding this market that's helped lead to our success. Um, definitely not just because we've done it before. Um I think that's that's a trap. Um, and being a, a marketing and brand nerd that I am, you know, um, the international differences in marketing are really important. You know, yeah. Any ones that come right to mind where it's like you have to advertise to an Australian versus an American? Is there any like things right away where you're like, okay, this is what you got to think about? I think there's one really good example. Um, we have our US brand Diamonds.com, which is kind of our flagship brand, mm-hmm. and um, um, which is doing our most traffic. 
for us. Um, and now as a business, almost half a million users a month are coming unique. Um, but we have another brand in Australia which has been around for a little bit longer called statsinsider.com.au. Ultimately, both brands are, are built off the same technology, the same data, um, but the content's position is slightly different um, based on the maturation of the market and the customer we're talking to. So um, Diamonds is a little bit more recreational, engaging, um, a little bit more fun um, and can, can kind of relate to anyone if it's their, their first bed every day um, through to Stats Insider, which is kind of more focused on a data-driven, um, a little bit more um, intelligent sports better in Australia who's been doing that for a number of years. So it's interesting to see how you can take the same content and data position in different ways. And we also work with a number of media companies and operators and leagues in the US where we Again, take our data and content, but position it slightly different to their audiences, depending on um, you know who we're talking to. A few guests on that. Even India was interesting. People talking about how that space, what like it's a low trust society, and so how you have to market differently to people like that versus the states or even like more Western based countries. And then Australia to even US. I think it was Spalk Ben Reynolds. He was talking about how even like just spelling of like putting a Z or instead of an S and stuff like that little stuff. So I always just, I find that stuff fascinating because it is wow. Just how like, you're not really, everyone's pretty much the same. I always be on humans. I learned that in college, but like those little things make huge differences. I definitely found it a lot in um, uh, not just marketing, but you know, um, communication with staff too. So we, we have 25, I think we've just got ticked over here in Melbourne, Australia, and we've got a number, another five, uh, six across the US um, building content uh, marketing affiliate relationships things like that and just the nuances in different things like different ways of doing things and um, different words that we use like I like mm-hmm. to use the word keen and like what does keen mean That's like, you know, <laughs> and, um, and things like that and we, we bring our US staff out to Australia because we want them to, to feel and experience what that's like out here and they're like oh this city is amazing why, why haven't I never been here before and they can't get over that, you know, we fly 24 hours to get to New York every time, you know, we come. Um, um, but it's just what we have to do being, you know, where we are. Well, so I was laughing earlier. You said barbecue, and I thought you were going to say bry, because I know that's usually like the word, at least in South Africa. I wasn't sure if that translates over to Australia. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of words that mean different things, and, and it's quite funny, actually. Um, um, so I know... Um, I know some of our team love that and I'm having a laugh about that as well. And the Z's and, you know, if you're writing a marketing deck for, you know, a potential commercial partner, we have to write one with an S and one with a Z. You know, there's two versions of it that have to go out. So our copywriters are busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The You know, the fine details, though, they make everything. Now, I guess you kind of talked about that, the global differences. You know, what's what's it been like running a global company? Yeah, we're... we're um, we're proud to be, you know, firstly an Australian company, but also even prouder to be um, working in these global markets and having, you know, a team all across the, the globe. It provides challenges in a way around time zones and aligning people on things. But I think that's the opportunity for us as well. You asked before about the advantages of, of entering the US market. You know, being able to work in this space and hire people that have had great experiences is definitely a distinct advantage. And being able to have them in this new office space that we've fitted out here in Australia is great. And um, we like coming to the office together and, and you know, playing table tennis and, you know, hanging out and that kind of stuff. We're kind of people, people, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's one part of it. But then the second part of it is the advantage we have is kind of, you know, and we use this as a joke sometimes, but 
Australia's ahead of the rest of the world in time zone, right? So yeah. you think about, um, you know, the NBA finishes on the West Coast at um, you know, sometimes 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. And um, some of our competitors can't get content out as early mm-hmm. as we are in the morning, but it's just our afternoon. So, you know, some of our guys are working um, and building content here in Australia. Some of them do in the U.S., some in the U.K. So we start to have this kind of 24-hour window of content production we can pass things over to each other um and really give us that it gives us an advantage so that's great professionally um it's a lot of fun you know we um you know i spent a lot of time in the states uh, i love that it really feels like a second home now when i, I get off the plane at jfk <laughs> great to walk down and you know and, um and just know my, my coffee shop that i go to and the bar and people you know in our office and, and things like that, it, it's it's really a home away from home. So that comfort is a really nice feeling um, versus, you know, we stepped off the plane the first time after the pandemic, couldn't get there for two years, like, oh, I'm in New York, let's go, baby, kind of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. I didn't even think about the 24-7 content cycle. That's, that's definitely a nice advantage. And I guess that's kind of even a good point of, uh, I know we've kind of briefly mentioned some of it, but if you can just give us, the overview of Cypher, what you guys are doing. And then I know you mentioned a few of the, there's a lot of verticals underneath it, but if you can just give us like quick rundown on all of that, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. So, you know, at heart, we're a data and technology company um, that are building and using that data and technology to build consumable, relatable content uh, for the sports betting industry. Essentially what we call making sports more bettable. Um, and we do that through our consumer brands, Dimers.com, D-I-M-E-R-S, um, which I said before is our leading um, kind of consumer brand, Stats Insider in Australia and a couple of other brands. We also do it by providing content through integrations, whether the APIs, widgets, uh, written content, video content for media partners, operators themselves, uh, leagues and teams, and anyone really who want to um, provide, um, who wants to provide betting content, to you know, to their audience and help monetize them, help them monetize their their audiences. We are, as I said before, Australian company at heart, but proudly global, um, and proudly have some awesome people in our team uh, in the US who are helping us make this um, make this make this grow and quickly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we're having a lot of fun along the way, which is um, really important. That is important. What uh, if you can give us kind of the overview of maybe the different revenue streams from those as well of like where you guys like the actual business model behind it because obviously media versus data it's all different. Yeah, it's it's a great question. We we have a multiple number of streams. Um, you know, on our consumer brands, um, the majority of that's through you know advertising or you know affiliate type you know CPA arrangements where we get um, paid for for driving traffic to different operators. Um, when it comes to some of our B2B partnerships, we're providing data or, or information through, you know, the licensing fee or a subscription service or things like that. Um, we work with, you know, media companies and operators on, on multiple different different ways that, you know, uh, reward us for um, helping drive them traffic and, and revenue as well. And we've just launched an interesting um, product actually called Converter, um, which I should mention. Um, which allows secure and encrypted data matching between um, media companies, leagues, um, operator and operators to help them deliver um, more segmented and, and targeted 
marketing campaigns um, through the sharing of and passing of, of information, but through no sharing of um, PI, which is really important um, when we think about data security and things like that as well, which is a market first. Um, and we've just kind of launched that recently and has been really well received. It opens up new possibilities that didn't you know, previously exist. Yeah. What was the thought process kind of behind that one? Like, obviously, you must have saw an opportunity to kind of build that out on top of everything else you already currently have. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think the success of any media company is getting to know more about the users and, and how we can give them a better experience. Um, but data protection um, and what you can and can't do in that space is really important through that. And um, we were lucky to meet an Australian, another Australian company called Eyes Up, a publicly listed company who had built this encryption technology. So we built a JV with them um, to be able to get that to market. You know, uh, we're an incredibly capable team, but for us to be able to build something like that in two years just would not be possible. Um, so we've, you know, we've partnered with them and we've built the front end and um, the, I guess, the marketing platform, and they've been able to to help us with you know the back end technology and the encryption and and world class. Um, software there that wouldn't be possible without them yeah and you got you mentioned in there even that you guys are a media company and i was reading one of your uh one of your past interviews or, or something and you were just talking about how you aim to be a top five media brand in the, in the north american market you know how, how are you guys kind of planning to achieve that and and uh you know what are some of even the the challenges of building out media because nowadays everyone says oh every company is a media company in some way or form I agree with that. Look, we, we, we are, you know, as I said before, at heart, we're a technology and, and data company that uses that to build media and content. So I think that's just an important distinction. Um, we have high aspirations to be, yeah, as I said, a top five player in that space. Dimers is now at, you know, half a million monthly unique users. So we're starting to build that audience. You know, we think at one million and two million, that's, you know, significant scale. Um, We've just been Cypher as a brand. have just been um, shortlisted for an award at the SBC Awards. It places us in kind of the top ten players in our space, awesome. which is um, great recognition and, and reward for our team's efforts. We are a small company in the scheme of things. You know, we're we're competing against companies a hundred times our size. So you know, we're really proud of that. We've grown quickly, and we expect to continue to grow. You know, at a reasonably rapid. But sustainable um, um, rate as well. Yeah, and you obviously got some people pretty excited last year. Raised a Series A. What excited, I guess, those investors the most about what you guys are doing and, and the opportunity that they saw as well. Yeah, uh, really lucky to have um, a really strong investor group behind us. Really important, um, and for them to believe in what we're doing and support that, it's been it's been huge for us. I think they could see what we were doing with technology and data and how we're using that to produce really unique content and position brands in a way that um, hadn't really been done in the US. Um, and then backed with our experience in this space over you know 15 years, um, I think that was a pretty formidable combination um, that, that they believed in. And you know, if they're listening, uh, hopefully you know, we, we definitely haven't let them down yet with the, the trajectory that we've gone on in the last 12 months. Mentioned data, technology, media. A lot of, I'm sure, machine learning is built into some of what you're doing. We're seeing a lot of stuff on the artificial intelligence space. You know, are you guys 
doing anything with that? Are you using it for operations, for actual business? You know, how are you guys kind of approaching that space? Is it, you know, feels like every week if it's like moving in rapid pace currently? It's a really timely question, obviously. Um, the the advancements in that space uh, unprecedented. As a business, we've been using you know, branches of machine learning and AI in different ways, um, right from the beginning of, of Cypher, from Dimers, and, and and more importantly, I guess from you know the company that we merged with, Hypometer Technologies, have been have been building those models for you know ten years. So we're really well placed to to accelerate growth into that space. And just last week, we launched a new product called the Betaverse, uh, which is an AI driven MLB product, um, essentially um, taking a different approach to um, to betting picks, uh, where you find um, you know uh, our kind of um, simulation model across diamonds.com you know play performance based finding outcomes for, for props and, and, and scores and predictions that all kind of relate to each other versus um, a reinforcement learning um, method using AI that essentially rewards I'm getting into the detail here Andrew but rewards our our, uh, our bot um, for finding winning bets so uh, it's a different approach. It's a test for us. It's something we could not have done the same pace or accuracy without playing this space for a long time, um, which, again, gives us an advantage. And I think it's really important for us as a business to keep innovating and leading innovation in that space um, when we think about how we want to position ourselves um, to the market and um, and keep growing. Yeah, and how are you guys able to get out so many products? Because it feels like for three or four times throughout this this entire podcast it's like wait here's another one that we're building about you know it's you know, how are you guys doing that oh man we got an incredible team uh and um you know we use this term in australia you know punch above your weight um we do that um we do that significantly and we you know we we do that um because we have great people passionate people and obviously very capable people um with big dreams and great ideas. And we'd like to be able to test things, get them live and, and see how, you know, see how they perform with the customers as well. Um, as long as obviously the accuracy is not being compromised and those kind of things as well. So it's something we want to pride ourselves on and continue to. It's a crowded market. We've got to find differentiation um, and, and ways to do that. So yeah, it feels like, you know, we've got something new coming out all the time and, I guess now we've got a little bit of a down period where we start planning for the NFL season and making sure we're really well prepared for for what's really the most important six months of the year between you know August and um, and February. Yeah, and if you can kind of go into that a little bit, I'm sure you have some numbers or insights just kind of on, I don't know, if the sports betting market as a whole or certain verticals or just like just some numbers to visualize like how big this space really is because even on the US side, I think it's 24 states are legalized right now mobily and it's yes. like there's still a lot of room to grow yeah but there's a lot of numbers right around i think that's the first thing so yeah. you know but they're all kind of saying the same thing you know this is a big market but we're still only getting started i think since 2019 us being the u.s have bet over 200 billion dollars on on sports legally uh we bet 16 billion on the super bowl um just gone um, but really, there's still a lot of opportunity. You know, you mentioned 24 sports online, uh, 24 states online, um, another around 15 either in person or have some kind of form of, of online sports betting at the moment. 
but we're still waiting for some of the major states to to open up. Think about Texas, California, Florida, the Carolinas. There's a heap of opportunity still there, and I think there's still you know, I think there's the numbers 25 million US um, um, citizens will place their first legal bet in the next three years. So the, you know, there's still a lot there um, uh, to to come. So whilst those numbers sound big, you know. We're really not even scratching the surface yet. We're still in, you know, to use the, you know, a, a baseball team. We're still in that kind of first inning. Yeah, it's wild to think about. Just because 2018, I think, was all kind of the hearings and the or PAPSA or PAPSA, whatever it was called, that kind of ignited. And then in four years, it's like basically half the states, most of the biggest ones, most populated, still feel like they're not even like that close, which is which is crazy. But are, are there any trends or, or anything you're really seeing in the industry? that people should be you know paying attention to or like you guys have your eye on that you find fascinating or interesting or where it's going yeah i think there's some some interesting trends around i guess let's call it recreational betters you know it's it's a form of entertainment right and we we believe that like um our role is to help you find a winning bet and 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 enjoy that experience Um, but we do believe it's you know it's a recreational pastime we're seeing you know um an abundance of, of customers in the US um, placing prop bets and, and same game parlays and things like that where, you know, maybe it's not the, there's not the greatest edge or um, opportunity for a customer to be profitable long time, but they see that as a really enjoyable thing to do, put $10 on a same game parlay, go for the lottery and, <laughs> and, and you know, try and get a big return and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's pure gambling if you look at, if you think of it like that. On the other side, still, you know, Diamonds is built around predictive analytics, finding edges against the sports books, and using that to, to help you find your next bet. And we are still seeing a really strong uptake of that. People looking to be informed and educated um, in that space. The US has some, you know, some challenges um, early on around, you know, overcoming, you know, trust and I guess taboo because it has been illegal. Um, and we have to get over that a little bit. And that's what's been holding back, I guess, some of the growth in the market. So, you know, we continue to explore ways that we can help educate and give confidence to people that this is legal, it's safe, it's regulated, um, and it should, should be enjoyable. Um, um, and focusing on, you know, responsible gambling and messages like that as well, which are really important. And, and then I think, you know, we're starting to see new sports emerge as well and mm-hmm. and the impact that betting can have on, on things like that as well so how can leagues like um the mls use sports betting to help grow their fandom the ufc um, and some of these emerging um sports as well um but we still see you know the, the gap between nfl sunday and a regular day of the week or even nfl foot season to now i think the numbers like the handles dropped off 40 percent since the nfl has oh. finished but NFL Sunday is just wild. And the opening weekend is just our biggest opportunity in terms of getting new audience each you know, each year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't who know that. Who's your fellow? For uh, football? The yeah. Steelers, man. Steelers all the way, forever. You just got my old man, uh, Alan Robinson, this morning. I see uh, yeah. you picked him up for the Rams and you picked him up for, pardon the pun of steel, I would say, uh, you know, the this morning. Yeah, well, I mean, finally, 
we need an offensive line though. That's the problem with the Steelers. They've been, and I don't even I don't even talk about the the Pirates over here. So like baseball is not even happening for me. I'm a Red Sox fan from school in Boston, and then I'll, I'll take the Penguins. But first year and like I think it was 17 years they didn't make the playoffs. So I'm like, man, this is crazy. I gotta maybe I gotta start claiming Boston team some more. <laughs> well, I've um I've I've become quickly uh, a diehard Bears fan. Um, and uh, get up at you know three in the morning to watch <laughs> them play, which has been depressing for a long time. Um, mm. But we're starting to see some some green shoots now, so I'm excited about this season. Yeah, Justin Fields, you got you got a chance. You got a quarterback that's that seems to be the new wave, mobile quarterback that can throw too. So he's athletic. He's a leader. Um, I believe in him, so I'm excited about this. Yeah. Season. Speaking of players, I'm curious your thought because we've seen this more on the betting side kind of these platforms of investing in like athletes it's it's really like fantasy it's like a fantasy type thing but it's for athletes and some people might be familiar with some of these platforms I'm curious like what are your thoughts on that where that's going yeah I, I, I can't um I can't say I'm an expert in this space but one thing I do know is that you know data and analytics play a big part in in that type of content and opportunities as well so um just like the stock market, just like sports betting, you know, you're analyzing potential growth, um, upside, and things like that in in these markets. So I think it's interesting. Um, any anything that you know, anything that uses data um, and gives a, a, a customer the opportunity to you know make a decision and invest and in, and things like that is 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 right in our wheelhouse. Um, and there's obviously multiple applications of, of that. And I guess it comes down to, you know, your preferred way of, of doing things like that. We've seen you know, betting exchanges launch in the U.S. Um, to moderate success at the moment, but we expect that to grow over time. We've seen um, other companies that have really um, approached sports betting from a stock market kind of point of view, mm-hmm. um, whether that's to attract a different customer or to get around regulation um mm. you can you can make that mind up for yourself right. um but essentially yeah using you know trying to find um outcomes and 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 um make decisions yourself around what we think an outcome is going to be in a, a sporting event that makes sense but yeah adam appreciate you coming on today this is this has been fun i guess kind of as we close out here you know let everyone know we can find some more on cypher yourself or you know any any of your other sites that, that people should visit thank you yeah really enjoyed it so thank you very much for having us on um if you're a sports fan or a sports better and you're looking for some information around uh, how to place your next bet and some data and, and things like that please head to dimers.com d-i-m-e-r-s.com um and you know we'll do our best there to help you uh find your next player prop or or parlay or, or something like that. Um, if you're a, a media company, an operator, or a legal team, or are looking to monetize your audience or, or have a need for unique content, please get in touch at cyphersports.io or, uh, or find me on LinkedIn. And um, I'm sure we can drop some links into somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll drop we'll drop all the links and then. Yeah, I need some help with those parlays, man. March Madness had me had me hurting. <laughs> it had me hurting. But a lot of those like. There's first like who scores the ten points first. Like those ones are always my killers. Like I, I never get those ones right. We see on social, you know, that um, you know, NBA first basket or um, you know, no run first innings being really popular um, market. So we're trying to find ways that we can bring a you know a data driven approach to those 
to help you place a bet in those markets, but give you some, you know, some solid content and solid and backed by solid data to help you help inform those decisions as well. Hundred percent. Well, thanks, Adam. You know, look forward to seeing you guys continue to continue to grow and get ready for this NFL coming up in a few months. Thank you. Thanks again.